All right, so we are just going to jump straight into this episode. No intro, no palate cleanser at the end, no editing, just because it's important to talk about. And so this is just going to be a little mini-sode to get all that info that I can find into one place. So like I said, I'm not going to edit this episode or anything because I just want to get it out there as soon as we can. So this is just basically going to be us having a quick talk about what is going on. And if you haven't heard, Gabby Petito is missing. She's missing right now. She was reported missing on Saturday, September 11th by her parents. So let's start with who is Gabby Petito. So her full name is Gabriella Petito, and she was born in 1999. And I started by going back through her Instagram to see what I could find out about her and about her life. So let's see. I looked into some articles as well, and I read tons of articles. But one place you can find multiple articles in one in one spot is on Nate Eaton's Facebook page. It's Nate Eaton-Reporter. And I just want to shout him out because he is a great reporter here out of Southeastern Idaho. So, yeah. Woo! So Gabby Petito is 22 years old. She's about five foot five and she weighs around 110 pounds. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. She also has several small tattoos on her arm. One says, let it be. And then there's one that is like a floral one inside a triangle. She also has a little tattoo on her finger. She is from New York in Long Island. I think specifically she is from Blue Point, which is in like the southern half of Long Island. Her mom is Nicole Schmidt and her dad is Joe Petito. They are actually divorced and Nicole is remarried to Jim Schmidt. So this is Gabby's stepdad. And then Joe is remarried to Tara Petito. So that's Gabby's stepmom. And Gabby attended Bayport Blue Point High School, according to her Facebook page, which is actually still a private page. So there's not a ton of info there. But she graduated from school in 2017 And she loved traveling. She traveled around as many places as she could while she was in high school. She shared posts about her going to Costa Rica and lots of other places. And then that travel bug in her just grew after she graduated. And she ended up meeting her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, in March of 2019. So this is about two years after she graduated. And they connected super well because they both loved that idea of traveling the world and this like nomadic and simple lifestyle. So on her Instagram, soon after they meet, she is documenting them traveling everywhere together. She started documenting her travel life on Instagram and TikTok, and then they do one video on YouTube. But Gabby and Brian decided to convert this 2012 Ford Transit van into a little traveling RV. But I do think they did this closer to 2021, just before they started their cross-country travels this year. So in 2019, it looks like the couple traveled to North Carolina, Texas, Colorado, Santa Monica, Yosemite National Park, and Las Vegas. And then Yosemite. It's Yosemite. I was thinking, I'm probably not saying that right. Yosemite, Yosemite National Park. 
So, and then in two thousand in twenty twenty, they decided to continue traveling. So they first headed out west and into California, and this is when she actually did their first ever TikTok video, and this was in February of twenty twenty. And her username at that time was Gabby Nova, and she captioned the video, "quote." road trip from New York all the way to California, end quote. This same year, 2020, Brian and Gabby got engaged and she shared a photo of this on Instagram and said, quote, you make life feel unreal and every day is such a dream with you, end quote. And I believe they were already living together at this point for a couple of years. And it seems that they were living with Brian's parents in Northport, Florida, but you know, they traveled so much. So they sort of lived there, but they also sort of just kind of lived everywhere that they traveled because they were gone so often. Yeah, they lived in their van. Yeah. And I I don't know, like, at what point they got the van, if they got it in 2020 or 2021. But even before that, I think they were just traveling by tent and like in a car. So they... Okay. So how do these young people have money to do all this? I have no idea. I actually saw one place where it said like her income was estimated to be like 30,000 or something a year, but that they didn't know where her income was from. Was she like popular enough on the social media sites that she would get paid? I'm not really sure. I don't think so. It's hard to tell now because so many people follow them now because of everything that's going on. But I didn't follow her before this. I know. I went and looked last night. I know. And now it's like so high because everyone is wondering where she is. But so, you know, someone out there that maybe followed her before this could give us like an idea if that's how they were making money, like through, you know, documenting their travels or maybe they would go home for a bit and like work and they didn't have to pay bills since they lived with his parents and they would save up to travel. I'm not really sure. Yeah, on Instagram, he had like 42,000 followers, and then um, she had like 139,000. Yeah. As of last night. And, but I mean, they were a lot of the comments were coming after him. So, I didn't right. Know it, it's a lot of people like got, going to look at their stuff now. Yeah. 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 That's what I think, but they could have had somewhat of a following before this as well. Yeah. So what happened to Gabby? Well, obviously, we don't know yet, but here is what we do know. So Gabby and Brian started posting about hashtag van life travels in July of this year, 2021. And Gabby's mom, Nicole, stated that the couple left Blue Point, New York on July 2nd. So if they lived in Florida, I am assuming that they traveled up with their van from Florida to New York at some point obviously spending some time with Gabby's family before they started their cross-country road trip. From what I have read, it seems that they plan to be gone from July through October and end their trip in Portland, Oregon, which is on the other side of the country from where they left, New York. Before, Sorry, I, th- I think my dogs are barking. Can you hear them? Yeah, I can. <laughs> so sorry if you can hear her dogs. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit it out or anything. It's okay. Don't know what they're barking at, but that's all right. So 
like I said, they were going to end their trip in Portland, Oregon, which was on the other side of the country before they turned back around and started traveling home. So two days after they left New York, they were in Kansas visiting the Monument Rocks. And at this point, Gabby renamed her TikTok to Gabby Potato, and she continued sharing videos of their traveling lifestyle with the hashtags of van life. From here, they visited multiple national parks, the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Reserve in Colorado, and then they went on to Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park, Mystic Hot Springs, and Canyonlands National Park, which were all in Utah. Gabby actually posted on her Instagram that each night they had stayed in a national park, it had rained, and she actually talked about how she loved this because they would do these long and like brutal hikes each time they stopped, and it was super peaceful to her to lay in her tent and hear that rain coming down on it. And she even recalls how she enjoyed trying to steal a blanket from her boyfriend, Brian. And he would hike in his bare feet. Yes, and he hiked barefoot all the time. And that's what I was about to say next. Like she details that simple life and how he liked that. And he, she kind of talks about how he encouraged her to live a more natural lifestyle. And all her posts about him seem like very loving. So on August 12th, Gabby posted to Insta that they were at Arches National Park, which is still in Utah. They actually only posted one YouTube video and they uploaded this on 7700 Nomadic Static YouTube channel. And it was like this collection of all the places they had traveled and enjoyed in the past couple of years. And they um, captioned it, quote, after our first cross-country trip in a little Nissan Sentra, we both decided we wanted to downsize our lives and travel full-time. That's why we handcrafted our own tiny van, a simple 2012 Ford Transit Connect, utilizing space with unique designs and features, end quote. Now, shortly after this post in August, things get weird. So here's what's going on today, and then let's dive into the craziness. Gabby's fiance, Brian Laundrie, returned home to Florida and he arrived on September 1st and he had driven the white van to his home in Florida from where they were over here on the West. And this van is actually Gabby's van and is registered in her name. But when Brian gets home, Gabby is not with him and he doesn't say a word to her family or to anyone besides his parents that he has returned without her. So Gabby's parents explain that she FaceTimed them at least three times a week. And at first she when she stopped returning calls, they just kind of assumed that she was visiting places with little to no cell service. I mean, she was traveling the country and camping out in national parks and mountains. So this was to be expected. And the last time that Nicole had heard from Gabby was on August 30th, but it wasn't a call or a FaceTime. It was actually a text. And like now she doesn't even believe that she was actually talking with Gabby. The last time she video chatted with Gabby was on August 24th, and this was um, at like a hotel, and we'll kind of talk about it later, but once Nicole gets word that Brian returned from the road trip, but Gabby was not checking in with her, she's like, what is going on? I I wonder how she found out. 
I know. Me that too. But she, yeah, she somehow found out that he came back. Maybe she kept texting him. Like, have you heard from Gabby? I have no idea, but she did get word that he was back, but Gabby wasn't saying anything to her. So the family of Gabby decides to alert the police in this moment. The police go down to do a welfare check on Gabby at that Northport, Florida home, and they confirm that Brian did return from the road trip days earlier and months. It was 10 days before they went to check that he returned, and it was months earlier than their road trip was supposed to end. And Gabby never returned. She didn't come with him. They do discover the van is there, but he's like, I don't know where Gabby is. He actually refuses to talk with the police and he immediately hires a lawyer who is Stephen Bertolini, Bertolino, Stephen Bertolino. Brian will not interview. He will not give any details about what happened. He's not saying why he's home early. He's not saying why he left Gabby. He will not say where he last saw her. And the van was collected and it's being searched for evidence. There's no word on this yet. The license plate of the van that they were in is QFTG03. But then get this. So while the couple is in Moab, Utah, a passerby actually called the police on the couple due to a domestic dispute that they were witnessing. And the person calling says that they observed the male assaulting the female. The van had actually drove off at the time that the person called, but the cops were able to stop them just before they entered Arches National Park. Now, remember, she posted about Arches National Park this same day, and her post is of them at the arches and she is like praising Brian about how wonderful he is and how great he is. So what date is this? August 12th. So the van is going 45 miles an hour in a 15 mile per hour area when the cops get behind them and like the van is swerving everywhere. They end up hitting the curb and then um, the officers are able to stop the van And they start to approach it. And Gabby is like crying uncontrollably. But she tells the officer that they just had little arguments all day. She apparently was the one to notice that the police were behind them. So she says that she hits Brian in the arm and just to get his attention. And that's why they were serving, swerving and hit the curb just before they were stopped. While talking to the police, she's breathing super heavy. She's crying like like she's crying really hard. She's wiping her tears and her nose. And I guess she keeps rubbing her knees. And she was even having a hard time forming a sentence and getting through what she was saying between all of her like crying and her tears. And then Brian is telling the officers that they have been fighting a lot because they had been traveling together for five months. They had no space between them. Tension was building, especially in the last few days. And he was just trying to get some distance between them. So in Moab, this is why he locked her out of her own van and started trying to to leave her. They both just needed to calm their emotions is what he says. He then explains Gabby as going into a manic state, which it's like, really, Brian? Okay. When you're trying to freaking leave someone in the middle of nowhere with their van, their van, they're probably going to panic. 
Like, so they, he's so dumb. Were they in Moab before they went into Arches? Or were they in Arches and then went into Moab? I think they were in Arches, actually, and then went into Moab. How far is it? Because you live in Utah. Yeah, no. Um, but I think it's right by each other. Okay. So they were just, like, in that general area, but they're in arches for sure on august 12th and they're in moab for sure on august 13th that's what we'll get into so anyways gabby starts to hit him and slap him is what he says and then he says he just pushes her away to avoid being hit even though she was able to scratch him which like mm -hmm, okay whatever Gabby then actually crawls into the van window on the driver's side, climbs over him and into the passenger seat. And this is when the van ends up driving off. But is Gabby this, also didn't say that this Brian is in front of what? the police. No, this is like everything that led to the police being called. Oh, the police remember stop the van after it has driven off. Okay. So, so she must have posted Gabby, that stuff in Arches. Arches is like five miles from Moab. Well, we'll get into that because they were stopped just before the entrance of Arches. So I think she posted it after. Oh. All of this. Mm. So Gabby didn't say that Brian assaulted her or hit her. She actually says that she has some mental health that causes her to react badly and it affects her behavior. They both say that they are in love and that they do not want criminal charges pressed on either one. They both explain this incident as her having an emotional health break. So the police decide there was no domestic assault. But what bothers me about this whole thing is... Not only is Gabby basically putting all the blame on herself, probably trying to protect her jerk of a boyfriend, but he's also putting all the blame on her. He's like 100% blaming Gabby, saying that it's her emotional state, and it's like you were going to leave her, and I don't think someone would have called 911 without some concern about him as well, like... What did Brian do that caused Gabby to be in this extremely emotional state? Yeah. So, yeah. So video of this body cam footage has been released and I watched it this morning. So even right when they're pulled over, he's like, sorry, I hit the curb. And she just instantly goes, yeah, I was distracting him. And she tells the officer that she has obsessive compulsive and she had been apologizing to him all day and that she's sorry she's so mean to him and then brian's telling them sorry gabby gets so worked up she's always getting worked up and i try to get away from her and create some distance between us he wanted to walk away but she scratched him and then the reason that he hit the curb was because she grabbed the will and the officer then asks her, okay, when you slapped him, were you attempting to cause him harm? What's the reason? What were you attempting to accomplish? And she's like, no. And so the cop says, okay, it doesn't sound like she was attempting to injure him. But it's like, okay, she is the one who's beyond emotional. Is anyone worried about her? Like, the cops are just like, she hurt him and 
he's so calm and she's the one freaking out. But it's like, what did he do? <laughs> like, he must be an a-hole. They, but if she's saying he didn't do anything, what can they do? Oh, my gosh. I know. But it's like, I bet she was trying to protect him. Well, yes. Oh, and I hate that for <laughs> but, her. But the cops can't do anything. No, they can't. But it's like, can someone ask her instead? Like, instead of were you attempting to cause him harm? It's like, can I ask you, are you okay? I mean, she still would have said yes, but it would have made me feel better. (sighs) So after this incident, the police give Gabby the keys to the van, of course, because the van is registered to her. It's hers. And he tells her that he wants them separated. So the police actually drive Brian to a hotel so that they can spend the night apart. So, you know, they do this. But remember, she posts about them at the arches this same day. They were stopped before the entrance to the arches. So, I wonder if they met back up after the whole incident or if they had like gone up to the arches before that. But in the police body cam, he's explaining that she was doing like website stuff before and they were trying to get their day going. So like, I don't think that they went to the arches before. I feel like they went after which the police separated them. So that would have meant that they had to meet up after this whole incident. Unless they got all the... Well, at the entrance, they were heading into the entrance or just out from it? Into the entrance. They were stopped just before the entrance. It seems backwards. (laughs) No. And according to like they were the, the phone call to the cops, they were in at a grocery store. So like, I literally think that they were heading into the arches. They got separated and I think they met back up because I don't think that they were at the arches before this happened because he says she was doing website stuff. They are called when they're at the grocery store. He says they were trying to get their day going. Yeah. So I don't know where they would have had time to do that whole hike and then this whole incident happened. But Maybe I'm just that's just what it seems like to me right now. Yeah, it's weird. They they Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say so they, real they quick I'm early because um it gets really hot down there in August. Yeah. But he said she was doing the website stuff all morning. Hmm. So I don't know. But real quick, I'm going to jump into something that happened in Moab during the same time. It might not be connected at all, but coincidence in true crime give me the chills. So, Kyleen Schultz, who is 24, and her wife, Crystal Turner, 38, were camping, and they both also loved the outdoors. Four months after being married, their bodies are discovered in the South Mesa area of the La Salle Mountains near Moab. They were found on August 18th. They were living at one of the campgrounds that was near where they were found. They were partially undressed and found with gunshot wounds on the back of them, the side of them, and in their chest area. They were reported missing on August 16th but they were last seen on August 13th at Woody's Tavern in Moab. 
Kylene actually told her friend that if anything happened to them, they were murdered because there was a creepy man that had been around their camp and they were becoming pretty worried. Now, I don't know how legit all of this is. I saw a video on TikTok and I've read some articles on this, but Kylene actually worked at Moonflower Co-op. Well, do you know where Gabby and Brian had their argument? Right outside of a grocery store. This same store where Kylene worked. Kylene was working that day on August 12th, the same day that Brian and Gabby fought in the parking lot and had the cops called on them. The address in the police report of where they were responding to is the same address of Kylene's employer. Kylene and Crystal were never seen after the following day, August 13th, and that last sighting of them is them leaving the bar that night. They were reported missing on that August 16th, which was two days before their bodies were found, after they did not show up to work. Brian's last post before all of this is on August 13th, and it was geotagged in Moab, Utah. The caption reads, quote, humans are primates, great apes, in fact, but I don't know all how great we are as a species. And then he goes on to explain like chimpanzees share DNA with humans, blah, 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 all this stuff about how like trees don't need all all this stuff like microwaves. I don't know what he's talking about. And it doesn't seem super ominous, right? But that very first part gets me because he makes this post in Moab the same day two women are last seen, the day after the police are called to a grocery store, which was the same day that Kylene, one of the women killed, was working. And he says, humans are primates, great apes, but I don't know all how great we are as a species, which like, what does that mean? Like, I mean, he's going into simple living. So what he's talking about is that humans aren't great because they don't do simple living. But it is just crazy to me that they fought right outside of that grocery store. And then he's posting in Moab on August 13th. And that's the same day these women are last seen. So they were camping in Moab August 13th. And these women are both murdered Maybe that night, maybe the day after. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. It is weird. It's so weird. And it's probably a stretch to connect these crimes. But it's so interesting and so creepy that just one week before Gabby is last seen, they just happen to be camping in the same area on the night that these two girls are last seen. And the weirdest part is that they had that fight at the store. Like that is crazy. It's crazy to me that the girls were murdered and the day before they had a fight in the parking lot of where the girl worked. But it makes it even crazier that he posts in Moab the next night, the same night that, you know, they're never seen again after that. Yeah. And Even if they're not connected, Kylene and Crystal deserve to be talked about as well, and I hope their murder is solved very soon. I even actually saw in one spot that Crystal also worked there at that grocery store, but I'm not for sure. But Kylene for sure did. But they did say there was a creep there. I wonder if other people lived in the same camp spot. 
if they could identify. I mean, maybe if the if the if other people, oh yeah, like other people like saw uh-huh. him. Yeah. Maybe Brian's the creep. Maybe he's not. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just crazy. I know. Uh. Even if they're not connected, they're they they sort of are forever connected just because Gabby went missing the next week, you know? Like Brian might not have anything to do with it, but it's very strange. It is. We picked up on that story because we went down to Colorado on the weekend of August. Well, we were all down there on August 15th. Yeah. Yeah. For our sister's wedding. And so um, some of my husband's brothers were going to go camp in Moab, but they decided to camp on the Grand Mesa instead. (laughs) I'm glad. glad after we heard about the two murders. Yeah, that's like so scary. I know. So after Gabby and Brian leave Moab, they head to Salt Lake City at some point and they are seen together checking out of a hotel on August 24th. Remember, this was the last time Gabby ever FaceTimed her family. Her mom was FaceTiming her while they left the hotel. And the following day on August 25th, Gabby makes her final post which is captioned Happy Halloween. And it's a picture holding a pumpkin in front of the Monarch Mural, which is in Ogden, Utah. Have you been to that? That's right by where you live. No, I haven't. Huh. Well, it's there. If you go to her Instagram page, you'll see it's like, you know, behind her is all like the butterflies and that's some mural that is there in Ogden. Yeah. So after this, and I'm unsure about what info police have to believe this, but she is believed to be last seen this day or in the couple days after in the Grand Teton National Park, which is in Wyoming. And it's reported that this is her last known location, but they don't necessarily say how this is known. So it seems like she may have called a family member during this time and said that that's where she was. Brian and Gabby were believed to be traveling into the Grand Tetons with plans to go into Yellowstone as well. The National Park Service is seeking help from tourists to find her. Grand Teton and Yellowstone have posted callouts for information about tourists visiting. Have you seen anything? Even if you just simply saw them, call. Even if you just saw the van, call. I went through Brian's Instagram and he mainly posted about him and Gabby traveling, but he also posted about his art. And one post that he posts was like this cartoon, these cartoon faces that he made. And the caption reads, quote, this was a fun one. I want to give them little bodies with blood spraying from their necks, which he uses the wrong there. It should be T-H-E-I-R. And he says T-H-E-R-E, which really bugs me. (laughs) But then he goes on to say a lot of gore, maybe an axe or a chainsaw, generic itchy and scratchy stuff, end quote, which, okay, if that's what you're into and that's your expression of art, fine, that's okay. But hindsight with this is a little too much for me like had his girlfriend not disappeared and then he just mysteriously goes home without her I wouldn't question it or what he wants to do with his art but that is just creepy now because 
like you want to give them little bodies with neck like blood spraying out of their necks Mm -hmm. i don't really get it it's going to be so interesting if he ever tells the story oh he has to right like i mean he might not but it's like come on everyone's looking at you already yeah what's the story like you're not helping yourself by staying quiet say where you last saw her tell us what happened freaking cut a deal and say you'll tell them where you last saw her or where she is. Yeah. You know, like do something. Are you going to try to say You're going it, down probably. Are you going like just Yeah. Like where is she? Yeah. Just say where she is. Come on, Brian. Come on. I hope we can find her. I mean, obviously, you don't hope for the worst. I that would be really cool if they found her and she was like alive, but If she's not, I hope finding her will force him to come forward. I mean, if he didn't know where she was, don't you think he'd be going crazy and, like, looking for her? Exactly. Exactly. Trying to get out there and see what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So, Brian and his family are saying that there is a search for Gabby going on in the Grand Teton National Park, but that they will remain in the background while the searches happen. Like, okay, Brian, help find your freaking girlfriend. Like, we were just saying, like, it's your girlfriend. He's been dating her for almost three years. She's now his fiance. Like, make a statement. Tell us where you last saw her. Yeah, or... but. Why'd she leave? Why didn't she come back with you? Exactly. And the sad reality is that the distance to search for her is so vast. I mean, she may have been in the Grand Teton National Park, which that's vast alone. And Yellowstone. That I mean, that's huge. But then he left. Was she with him? Did she make it to Grand Teton? So you've got Utah, you've got Wyoming, and you have every single place he drove between Wyoming and Florida on his way home. So, like, everyone in this country needs to be aware of the story, where you saw him, his van, or Gabby. I mean, seriously, even if you just saw him in some random state somewhere and, you know, was he alone? Was she with him? Like, anything. Oh. He had to have been stopping for gas and things like that. It's so sad. Her poor family's got to be going crazy. I know. And her family actually released a letter to Brian's family. And here's what it says. So it's from the law office of Richard B. Stafford, and it says Christopher and Roberta Laundry. So that must be his parents. We are writing this letter to ask you to help find our beautiful daughter. We understand you are going through a difficult time and your instinct to protect your son is strong. We ask you to put yourselves in our shoes. We haven't been able to sleep or eat and our lives are falling apart. We believe you know the location where Brian left Gabby. We beg you to tell us. As a parent, how could you let us go through this pain and not help us? As a parent, how could you put Gabby's younger brothers and sisters through this? Gabby lived with you for over a year. She was going to be your daughter-in-law. How can you keep her location hidden? You were both at Jim and Nicole's house. You were both so happy that Brian and Gabby got engaged and were planning to spend their lives together. Please, if you or your family has any decency left, please tell us where Gabby is located. Tell us if we are even looking in the right place. 
All we want is Gabby to come home. Please help us make that happen. And then it's signed Jim Schmidt, Nicole Schmidt, Joe Petito, Tara Petito. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. I know that letter is so sad and it's true. Like you knew this girl for almost three years. Like don't protect your son. I I, 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 I can I under always I would, un- as a parent. You know me. I don't either. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I know you wouldn't. She never stands up for any of us guys. If we, if we're in a fight with someone or like we're all butthurt over something or someone tells her something, I mean, all growing up, she's like, okay, well, what, what did my kid do? And then she'll yell at us. That, so I know you, you wouldn't because do something. <laughs> I know it's like, if your kid's in the wrong, then hold your kid responsible. I can understand like the grief that would come as a parent with having your son do something or like knowing that something's going on and you don't want him to go to prison forever. But it's like, I'm sorry, make him face those consequences. If he hurt Gabby, you really want him living in your house? Oh, yeah. Send him, send him away, throw him under. You can go visit him in prison. I'd be the first to tell him where the location is if I knew. Oh, yeah, you 100% would. And I think I would too. Because it's like, I love my children. But if they could do something that's like evil, I, I'm i not going to protect that. Right. I will love them from a distance while they face their consequences. Uh. But, you know, obviously... We're not saying that he did it. You know, we don't want to get in trouble because we obviously do not know. But and I don't know what Brian knows. I don't know what happened. That that's the whole thing. We do not know what happened. But everything I gave you in this episode is what we know so far. And I'm going to post more updates as the info comes out. We are praying for Gabby Petito and her family during this incredibly heartbreaking time. You can call the FBI tip line, which is 1-800-225-5324. And you can also call the Suffolk Police in New York. They are investigating this and their number is 1-800-220-8477. And that's all we know right now about the disappearance of Gabby Petito. Let's hope we can find her and bring her home safe. (laughs) 